Cousin Jared, we are back for college football week five. Yep. And uh, week four, I'm happy to see gone. Um, it started so well. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, everything went wrong. Yes. Um, you know, I'm, I'm curious. We haven't actually talked about it much uh, other than the, the frustrations. Uh, so I'm curious your take on it. You know, we know a week like that's going to happen uh, with football. Uh, you're going to have a day where it just goes terrible. You're going to have some great days, some bad days. And obviously, at the end of the season, we, you know, we hope to look back and say there were more good days than bad days. And, and, and we found a way to profit out of the madness. But that doesn't mean we're going to wake every week. And in fact, when we started this show, you know, uh, it was it was a, just a college football show at the very mm-hmm. beginning. And uh, I, I didn't say winning every single day is an impossible reality. I said every week because mm. I think knowing that that was our, our bread and butter, our, our long time thing, college ball, you know, we've lived enough weeks to know there's no way, you know, you can't, you can avoid a week like that over the course of season. Doesn't make it easier to swallow personally. Though. Yeah. I don't know your take on it. No, I completely agree. And I think it was just one of those weird weeks. I mean, personally, I had a lot of dogs on the money line and, you know, you don't expect to win 50% of your dogs on the money line. Uh, but at the same time, like going back and looking at it, it was just a really strange week because, you know, maybe three of those dogs won outright. And then only two more would have maybe covered out of, you know, 16, 17 plays. Only two more would have covered if you would have taken the points. And that's just one of those things where there's just nothing you can do about that. Like sometimes mm-hmm. weird things are going to happen like that. And that's just the way it is. And so I think last week more than anything was just kind of a weird situation. That's going to be difficult to repeat. I would say it does create when you think about the mathematics of it, the further away you drive your probability of winning from 0.5, you end up with more extreme outcomes. And if you know anything about statistics um, and, you know, confidence intervals on probabilities and things of that nature, right. You're, you talk about these things. You may not realize what you're talking about, but that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing with the money lines, right? And and it's the thing we've 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 implemented, we've added, we're working with it. Worked really well in college basketball. In college basketball, the benefit to the money lines is we have so many games each and every week that that up and downness balances out quicker than in football. In football, mm-hmm. it's going to be a little bit with a smaller sample size. It's going to be a little bit wonkier. We're going to have more like two weeks ago where we just got the right wins and things just boomed and you're gonna have the bust and so you're gonna have that anyway but again the, the more picks you have away from a probability closer to 50 percent, the more variance you're gonna have mm-hmm. so we we've discussed you and i've discussed it off show trying to figure out what the right threshold is for money lines versus spreads where, where should we be taking one of the we know we're not going to take money lines of minus 2000 or something it's one of those things where mathematically, if you if you know the probability that that team wins is great, it's a smart play. You get mm-hmm. out there, your your margin of error can't be that fine, right? So it makes it a right. really tough play because it's really hard to suggest that you're confident enough in your probability to make that play. So so we know that, right? But the question is, where do you draw that line? We've talked about trying to figure it out and trying to find that kind of the, I don't want to say sweet spot. I feel like that term gets thrown around with betting as if there's some magical sweet spot. There's not. Everything's mm-hmm. continuous. Right? But just we're trying to find something that we're comfortable with, some rules that we're comfortable with to help there. And and yeah, I, I think I think it's a good way to put it. It was a weird week. There were a lot of games that we expected to be close that we took some dogs in thinking they had a chance to pull the upset. And there were just some lopsided scores. Um, and then, yeah, you know how college football is. Next week might be, you know, underdogs went outright 50% of the games and, and you'd go, right. that just seems hard to do. You just, 
you never know with a sport. Um, yep. Had some really good winners. Uh, obviously, had 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 some frustrations too. I think the mm-hmm. um, Arkansas one was one of my favorite picks. Couldn't quite get it done on the money line, but an easy cover on the points. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was one of the few dogs that really did show yep. up. And there were a couple. There just weren't many of them. And yep. we're going to be a little bit dog heavy uh, as a default. And uh, even our favorites that we got, like Syracuse, took a minus 13 and a half on show. Later in the week, that's 12 and a half. They won by 13. You get the 12 yep. and a half, you covered. Congrats. Yep. You get 13, you push. We had officially 13 and a half yep. and got hooked on it. So uh, it's just kind of up and down. Uh, we'll move forward though here to week five. Got a pretty good slate. Um, got several A grades on totals, spreads, and money lines uh, over on Dub Club. Going to give you one of those here today, but also going to talk about our favorite non-A grade plays. And there's a bunch of them. There's a few of them that even make the show uh, as well that we'll talk about in our Dub Club exclusive study hall uh, where we'll go through every game. Uh, again, sign up late for Dub Club in the show description. But otherwise, we'll get right to it here. Noon Eastern on Saturday, Penn State and Northwestern. Cousin Jared, I feel like this one is just simple. We've talked we yep. talked about it last season. We talked about it this season. If Penn State isn't playing Michigan or Ohio State, they take care of business. And there were some concerns. We did not take Penn State last week. We did not take Iowa. We stayed away from the game because mm-hmm. Iowa's defense is really good. Didn't know how low scoring of a game it would be. And you know what? None of it matters. None of it matters. You throw it yep. all out the window. They take care of business. I am really curious to see if Penn State can step up to the plate against the Michigan and Ohio State this season. Two teams who look to still be very good. I have Michigan overall number one. We'll talk about them later on in the show. And you'll see right now I have Penn State's defense ranked number one uh, as well. It's very rounding error, a couple of those top teams. It, so it's not – I'm not necessarily trying to say definitively they have the best defense. They're up there for sure. Whether they're number one right now, it's by again by rounding over a Michigan and uh, you know Alabama and Georgia, et cetera. Really good defense. Solid offense. Penn State might have you know a quarterback to really lead them which has been kind of one of their question marks in years past yep. i've yep. got Fowler ranked number nine in college football the ninth best quarterback mm-hmm. looked really good northwestern i'd be remiss if i didn't talk about northwestern <laughs> last week we went under with them in minnesota talked about the pace and that yeah, yeah. bonkers and and yeah. we really thought northwestern would win a game that they shouldn't and we had that one on the money line, I believe. As a, as a, if you're interested, it was we said there was an edge there. Didn't expect them to win like that. That was no, weird. No, um, no. I, I have to think though. We have our rules about Penn State. If they're favored, don't matter. Lay it against non-Michigan or Ohio State. But yeah. you also have to think about a little bit of a. I don't want to say a letdown spot for Northwestern, but I mean, I mean a letdown was spot. A, a, yeah, it was a huge win. You, you, yeah, you, they were. You have to think. They're concerned. They were concerned about would they win a single conference game this year. They've got yep. that monkey off their back. Great for them. Yep. This is going to be a really tough test. Penn yep. State model says by 27.2, we're going to like 26 and a half, barely ekes into B grade territory by the hair of its chinny chin chin, whether it's a B minus or a C plus. I mean, we have rules. We have to follow our rules, right, cousin Jared? Yeah, yeah, you're you're exactly right. I, I talked about how how I had terrible luck with the the dogs this past week on the money line, but hey, split my bet on that one. So nice plus three fifty payout. Uh, <laughs> Northwestern, yeah, with yeah. Northwestern, yeah. yeah. I, I also cannot believe that their offense is only ranked number one twelve after they put up seven hundred yards and seventy points against Minnesota in the fourth quarter. 
of that game. Uh, but yeah, this guy, asterisk, it may be a slight exaggeration. Maybe, maybe not, but, to be honest. but also not too far off. Uh, yeah, this, this is just 100% what we've been saying about Penn state for an entire year now. And I mean, I, you said you you didn't really want to say let down spot, but I mean, come on, like this is a let down spot for Northwestern, especially with everything else that was going on there off the field. Like, you know, there's just this weight that's kind of been lifted off their shoulders for getting that, that conference win. So yeah. Um, hate to repeat myself so much, but what you do if Penn State's not playing Ohio State or Michigan, lay the points. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really that simple. It's not going to win every week for us, obviously. We know that. There are no locks in gambling, but it is one of those. It's been working so well yeah. until it falls apart here and the books really just, that's kind of why I have the model. The model tells us, the model said last week, hey, maybe the books haven't adjusted enough yet. And the answer was, no, they still haven't. And yeah. now here, the model's saying they still haven't adjusted yet, right? So um, not going to lay you know, 35 or 40 or something. But uh, honestly, if they won by that much, it wouldn't surprise me at all no, uh, with just how good this Penn State team is. Northwestern, you talk about, again, monkey off their backs. And that's a good thing. I think for good teams that have potential monkey on their back issues, a team that can't beat their rival, you know, for a couple of years ago, it was Michigan against Ohio State, right? That was a good thing. Maybe it freed them up to play better football. Yep. In, in the case of a team like Northwestern, I don't think monkey off the back allows them to play better football. I think it's just, you know, it actually may make them a little bit worse this week because <laughs> there's not like, oh, now we can just go out and be ourselves because they're still a very bad football team. It's yep. just now at least uh, maybe they're relaxing a little bit more. They're happy. They know they don't stand a chance in this game. Uh, Penn State's going to win probably pretty big hopefully more than 26 and a half so it's a great pick for us mm-hmm. there which takes us to clemson and syracuse a game that i mean clemson somehow out of the playoff picture barring something very weird happening very weird already two conference losses so i mean it would take something tough for them to make it to the conference championship win and then still be put into a 14 playoff you know next year with 12 a little different right but this year they're Almost assuredly, all all but mathematically eliminated from the playoff before the end of September. That's just crazy. They're still a good team, uh, but they're also facing a good team in Syracuse. This should be a really interesting game uh, with regards to who wins. Don't really know who wins. We're here to talk about the total, though. Model says 51 and a half points. 52 is a pretty key number. 51 is pretty key as well, so we're going to go under 52. This is definitely a spot where the number holds most of the value here and that we think we're 50-50 to land right in that 51-52 range. There's extra probability there. And at 52, we get the win on 51, the push on 52. All about the number. We always talk about common numbers, common outcomes. Not quite as common as like three and seven on score discrepancies, but you need to know your common numbers and totals. This is one of them. Cousin Jared, tell us more. Clemson and Florida State, great game last week. That game got to 55. Uh, that included a defensive touchdown uh, by by Florida State. And I also just look and at – And a touchdown in overtime. And a, touch, and a touchdown in overtime. Yeah, had to, had to go to overtime to, to get to 55, still win under if you happen to grab, I don't know, say under like 56. Uh, so I just don't see Syracuse – if Clemson was able to do that to Florida State's offense, I am a little bit concerned for Syracuse in this game. Uh, what is Clemson going to be able to do to Syracuse's offense? At the same time, though, I feel like we've been talking about it for a long now, the, the long time now. The, the Clemson offense just fits and starts, fits and starts. And – 
how many times have we seen them go to the Carrier Dome and get all they could possibly take from yeah. Syracuse? And I feel like this is definitely one of the better Syracuse teams of the oh, past yeah. few years. So oh, yeah. uh, this one I, I feel like has like a 28-20 written all over it. Don't know who who wins, uh, but I don't think it's going to be terribly high scoring, mostly because I think Clemson's defense is uh, going to be able to keep Syracuse in check. And, again, I just don't have any faith still for two years now in, in Clemson's offense. The pace metric up there I think is pretty key. Syracuse is pretty run-of-the-mill pace. Clemson's been playing pretty slow and doesn't really project to go very fast. Uh, again, that's – Kissing Jared, I don't know. I kind of just want to call it pace explosion. I don't know if that's like bad, but that's kind of, again, it's pace and explosion. And that's the thing. Clemson doesn't allow a lot of big plays. They don't get a lot of big plays on offense either. So it's, yeah, it's not necessarily that they're slow to line up. It's just part of that is they're not, you know, their scoring drives take longer. And that's what that pace uh, quote unquote metric is telling us there. And that's going to help keep the score down because otherwise these are two pretty good teams. If you look at it, they're all ranked about the same um, except for again, the, best unit on the field will be Clemson's defense. You got a slower Clemson team. Uh, I mean, it just, it sets up to be a lower than average scoring game. So again, 52 mm-hmm. being key there is why we're making this play. Uh, Cousin Jared at 51 and a half, are you still playing it under or are you needing the 52 for it to be an underplay? Need the 52. Uh, yeah, like 52. the 52, there's a reason that this was selected at this specific number. Yeah. And again, with the grading on the totals kind of been adjusting, trying to figure out some of those thresholds on there. What's been worked into is what I worked into the baseball model as well, which is uh, adjusting the grade based off of the keyness of the number that we are just getting or just missing. And this being at 52, again, that's what what gets us this pick here. So uh, C grade under 52 worth your while there in a, in a game that we'll probably all kind of have our guys on uh, just to see if Clemson can bounce back. And again, a Syracuse team that if you haven't seen yet, you should, you should watch. They're a really good team and, and, and a lot of fun as well. Yep. Uh, noon Eastern Florida and Kentucky. <laughs> Florida <laughs> has, has been, you know, the highs and lows of a season, right? Um, yep. Massive, massive win and a massive loss already uh hanging around there model has them ranked 30th kentucky 24 kentucky you know a whole new team with devin Lear at quarterback who's not going to be you know a top 10 draft pick uh but at least with regards to college quarterback status is definitely better than will levis interesting both of these quarterbacks rank just inside my top 40 and i mentioned this right at the utah game graham mertz looked actually pretty decent in that game it was the rest of the team that's going to be the key for florida here is can they um do what they couldn't do against utah which is provide any form of protection any form of pass blocking any form of run blocking to allow them to run the ball at all. Tennessee's defense is a little bit weaker and they were able to handle that a little bit better. I really think why, and part of the reason why, just why I like this play personally, aside from the math is who does Kentucky profile more like between Florida's big win and big loss. And the answer clearly is Utah as much as Devin Leary's helped spark that offense into something it absolutely was not in the last couple of years, that Kentucky defense is pretty nasty. We've got them minus 145 B grade pick here uh, on the money line to get the job done. Forest models says they win 62% of the time. A grade threshold minus 129. So we're not really that close to an A grade. But again, we always talk about the B grades and the C grades are things we should look a little bit deeper into. And this is when you look at it, it's really hard not to like Kentucky here. Just thinking about uh, what Florida has been successful and unsuccessful against games at Kentucky. Minus 145 seems pretty short to me. What do you think, Cousin Jared? 
I don't know how you can't look at this. You can see that Kentucky has the better defense, has a similarly rated offense. I would say uh, Florida has definitely turned it around, uh, but I still, against a defense like this, have questions about how Florida's run game, what Florida's run game is going to look like. And then Kentucky's playing at home. So I just kind of feel like there's edges for Kentucky all the way around. And I will admit that part of this is just me sticking to my guns and saying that Kentucky was going to have a good season. And yep. so I'm sticking with it. I uh, feel like this is a spot where uh, Florida may get some some money coming in on just because big name uh, uh, playing against a team that people probably just still probably don't respect Kentucky for what they've done the past. I don't know. It's probably been six, seven years now. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I just sticking to my guns with Kentucky. think they're going to be good. And I see edges for them all over. And it's uh, in Lexington. Yeah. So sign me up. Yeah, and again, it's not it's not any disrespect to Florida. Again, that was a very impressive win they had over Tennessee. Oh, yeah. It's just that's a very different team, and yeah. it's a different location. I mean, this just looks a lot like the Utah game with regards to the you know traveling and the opponent. Um, a Utah team that was and still is without Cam Rising, you know, is probably not drastically different than uh, this Kentucky team. Obviously, I think yeah. Utah with Cam Rising is a whole different level, right? Yeah. But yeah. but without Cam Rising, their offense is a little bit weaker, uh, as as you saw this last week, right? A against uh, a very improved UCLA defense. And I was I I asked you on I asked you in study halls like, yeah. Jerry, is this UCLA defense good, right? And yeah. I think we all saw the answers. Yes, but again, without yeah. Cam Rising, that Utah team looks a lot like this Kentucky team. Okay on offense, not not great, but a good defense, and it just it profiles like that. So it's no disrespect to Florida. The questions we had early on, maybe there's you have to have at least a little bit of optimism that uh, you know you got the coach who was going to turn things around. That was the hope. You were a little mm -hmm. concerned after that first game. Now maybe you feel a little bit better, but this is just not a good matchup for them. Florida yep. pass blocking ranks 49th, run blocking 54th, and that gonna doesn't be a problem. bode well. Yeah, yeah it doesn't bode well. And that's what cost them against Utah. I think they're yep. going to do better against defenses that aren't able to capitalize on that. But if you're not able to run, you're not able to protect your quarterback against some of these SEC defenses, those are going to be the games that give Florida a hard time, very different style than what Tennessee does. Uh, and you can see all of the uh, metrics like that here, your little screenshot of what we offer everybody um, on Dub Club. And you can see there all those efficiency ratings, uh, position ratings, all sorts of goodies there. Uh, again, if you want to freeze that, look at it. If you're with us on Dub Club, you've already seen this. Uh, but if not, there's just a sampling of what you can get if you sign up. Again, that link's in the show description. And that'll take us to Michigan and Nebraska, 3.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Cousin Jared, we've talked a lot about Nebraska. <clears throat> For me personally, it's hard to remember what we've said in, in study hall versus on show. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for the people who are not with us in Dub Club, I don't know. I can't remember what information they've, they've gotten or not. But I mean, you got a, a, a really good defense there in Michigan. Again, ranks number two by rounding area to pounds to, to Penn State. Um, one of the top defenses. Of course, Nebraska, also a really good defense. I've got Michigan number one. It's pretty close to a couple teams there. They've mostly taken care of business so far. Uh, done all you can ask. Um, offensively, again, we talked about the, the difference between maybe this Michigan team and ones from a couple years ago. J.J. McCarthy ranks as the number 12 quarterback. And that helps them out a whole lot to obviously complement that defense. Nebraska, on the other hand, though, you know, as as someone who has watched a Matt Rule team or two, these early rebuilds, he does a great job, fantastic head coach. I wish he was my head coach at Baylor right now. That's a whole other story and situation. But I have complete faith he's going to get it done at Nebraska. He's probably got more talent at Nebraska here in the first year than he did at Baylor or Temple. I say probably. He absolutely does. There's no doubt about that. The issue is 
Uh, he comes in, and I think I think his philosophy is the easiest thing to fix and get right is the defense. Let's get in close games and give us a chance, and the offense will come later. He never really got to see that fulfilled at Baylor. His last year, while the team was good, the offense really struggled. It was that next year, that first year he was gone, those offensive players who recruited that system really kind of took off. Um, you know, I assume he'll be at Nebraska long enough to see that out, but right now the offense is still struggling there. Uh, while the defense is succeeding um, as – Part of, I'm assuming, his absolute master plan. Nebraska, is, you have to be pleased for your Nebraska fan with the way this is going. It's just not going to be a good weekend for you. I just don't think Nebraska has much of a chance here. Uh, Michigan, minus 17. It is juiced pretty heavily right now. Um, at minus 120, gets us a B grade. Without having done the math on this, I'm guessing 17 and a half at normal odds probably still gets a B grade. Both of these are low B grades. Um, you know, minus 17, minus 16 and a half, minus 17 normal odds, minus 16 and a half. That's where you're a little bit stronger of a B grade play here. But looking at how Nebraska handled Colorado, seeing Michigan's a whole lot better than Colorado, it's hard to have a ton of faith uh, in Nebraska pulling the upset or even really keeping it close in the second half. They might keep it close in the first half, but you just have to assume Michigan's going to do their thing just like they did last week against Rutgers where they just put a stranglehold on that game and ran away and made it look a lot uglier than it probably felt for the first quarter, quarter and a half. Yep. Kind of see the same thing playing out here this weekend. What's your take, Cousin Jared? That's exactly what my take is. I feel like this is a lather rinse repeat of exactly what we saw last week with Michigan and Rutgers. This one's on the road, yes. But I would also say that from what we've seen so far this season, Rutgers may be a little bit better than Nebraska at this point. And, you know, is, does, is Nebraska better coached? Is Nebraska going to hang around in games longer than Rutgers is in some instances? Yes, I, I think so. Um, but I don't see anything materially different in this game from uh, what I saw last week with Michigan and Rutgers. And Michigan just did what Michigan does. They just slowly, you know, strangled the life out of Rutgers. 200 yards passing, 200 yards rushing, 10 yards per attempt passing, five yards per rush. Just good solid football. And I think that's exactly what you're going to get against Nebraska here. Will this game be closer in the first half? Yes, I would say so. In fact, I would say there won't be very many points in the first half of this game, but I think Michigan will pull away in the second half. And uh, yeah, I think they're going to cover this, this 17 feel like feels like about a 20 or 23 point win to me. And you look at last week, and, and yeah, I, I agree. Rutgers and Nebraska are probably pretty comparable at this point. It's hard to really tell who's the better team. I would say rounding error, right? I, I think, you know, if you look at different models, you might come to different answers. And of course, Nebraska, we know a team that we think is going to improve over time. How much will that happen this year? It's hard to say. They're pretty close, right? Um, and like you said, the game location changes. But uh, honestly, that opening minute touchdown drive for Rutgers on that big pass yeah. was one kind of fluky play. Yeah, um, that was it. That was it. And you don't really, I think Rutgers offense at this point might be better than Nebraska's. You don't mm -hmm. expect that to happen. I wouldn't be surprised if we have a similar situation though, in that if you go back to that Michigan Rutgers game, two minutes to go in the half and it's seven, seven. And I would not be surprised if two minutes to go in the first half yep. of this game, it's seven zip, right? It's that right. same sort of thing, but it's going to open up and it might open up more at the end of the second quarter might open up more in the third quarter. We've long yep. talked about Matt rules philosophy is wear out the other defense by running the ball, pounding the ball. And that worked really well. Even at the Big 12, it worked pretty well because the Big 12, um, even it's at, not quite as an offensive heavy Especially, league. yeah, at the time, though. Had, had, some, had some decent defenses in it, right? 
not as good a defense as some of these Big Ten defenses. That's, I think, yeah. the difference, right? Is that, you know, I think that's going to work well when Nebraska matches up against certain teams. And eventually, as they get those big boys in there uh, that are really good linemen, that's going to work really well. It worked okay. It worked pretty well in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to work pretty well in the Big Ten. Asterisk, going to be tough to bully Michigan yeah. and Penn State. And maybe Ohio State defense might be much improved after what we saw this last weekend too. Iowa, right? Some of those yep. games are going to be a little bit tougher to bully those guys in the trenches. And so where Matt Rule's teams are able to control the second half a little bit more uh, at Baylor, I think it's going to be a little bit more 50-50. Look at the matchup, right? I don't think that's going to happen here. Michigan, I think, will be the other way around. It'll be Michigan bullying and dominating. When they'll break out, hard to say. But by the end of the game, I'm like you. It feels like 28-ish point win, mm-hmm. 21, 24, whatever, something like that, uh, where they just kind of slowly take care of business. At first, you look up, it's close. And then you look back on it, you're like, wow, Michigan handled them pretty well, right? That sort of thing yep. Yep. is what we're projecting here. So, again, average victory of 18.8 points, according to the model, and a B-grade pick on the spread sticking in the big 10 3 30 p.m eastern illinois and purdue um because jared i have not been impressed at all with illinois struggled the first mm-hmm. game they seemingly had every opportunity to cover against penn state and penn state just like mm-hmm. trying to let them cover yep. and couldn't do it uh purdue you know, a new coach as well, taking some lumps. They looked really rough last week against Wisconsin. Um, two teams that, you know, both in need of a win. One of them will get it. Should be a close contest here. Uh, but when you look at the total number of points expected in this game, we're averaging in the 52, 53-ish mark right now. And the books are hanging a total that expects this to be an average college football game. And I don't really see how you come to that conclusion. Model says 49 and a half. We talked about earlier the key number of going under 52. We're under 52 and a half, which is even better. Be great pick for us on this one. 51 is fairly common. Get the win. 52 is fairly common. Get the win. This might get up to 55 but there are way more numbers that it seems reasonable for this game to land on under 52 and a half than over. So it's a pretty strong pick for us in a game of two offenses that are very meh. And while you would think maybe Purdue can allow some points, Illinois is maybe not the team to take advantage of that. And they sure aren't going to be pushing the pace to take advantage of that or, or the explosion part of that. They're not really a big play offense, that sort of thing. It seems like a classic Big Ten slugfest more than an average football game. When I think of average football game, I think of more what the Big 12 is doing right now. Some good offenses, some good defenses. Uh, I don't see that here. <laughs> Under 52 and a half B, great. Tell us more. Yeah, so uh, Purdue, the most similar game they've played this season has been against Virginia Tech. At Virginia Tech, that game had 41 points in it. Last week, they played Wisconsin, who I don't think any way you slice it, uh, everybody would admit that Wisconsin has a more explosive offense than Illinois does, a better yeah. offense than yeah. Illinois does. That game only got to 55. Uh, I mentioned it last week. I'm just not sure if Hudson Card is it. I feel like we have a large enough sample size now. He's not a bad quarterback, but he's ranks, just, ranks number 95. Yeah, he's just, just nothing special, just a so-so quarterback. Um, Illinois, they went over this number against Toledo and Kansas, which, you know, Kansas. Those are two very different teams. <laughs> yes, yes. But then went well under the number against Penn State. And then last week uh, playing Florida Atlantic with Casey Thompson out for the season. So mm. uh, 
I don't know why this total isn't 48 as opposed to 52 and a half. Can't believe we're getting the hook on 52. Uh, but yeah, sign me up for this uh, all the time because I yeah. love this. I think that Illinois has their way. It's a low scoring game. And even if they put up some points, Purdue's offense could sputter. So yeah, I yeah. think this is a really, really nice underplay. Yeah. I was thinking 50 and a half is if you had, if you thought it was to be a little bit higher than what we do, 50 and a half would have been the number. Cause again, 51, 52 uh, are two of the top, uh, I think six most likely outcomes. And so don't know why it's on that side of, yeah. uh, of things here. Uh, Luke Altmeyer for Illinois ranks 97. So you have a pair of quarterbacks who are not really, going to help you add a lot of life to these offenses that can yep. definitely sputter. Um, and yeah, absolutely. Wisconsin, uh, a team that I think, you know, that, that loss uh, to Washington state looks a whole lot better after Washington state <laughs> yeah. really good at home against Oregon state. Uh, and on top of that, a Wisconsin team that we do expect as the season goes along, maybe it's a little bit quicker than, than expected to improve on the offense uh, and, and, you know, with a much better head coach now, uh, and maybe that transformation is already starting to happen at Wisconsin. So I think you at least have the optimism there. I don't see any optimism on Illinois' offense. Like I said, I just haven't been impressed with them. Um, if they have, like you said, if they have their way, it's going to be a low scoring game. If they don't, yep. it's probably still going to be a low scoring yeah. game because yeah. if they don't have their way, like it's Good. not like they're going to be scoring points. You yeah, know? it's not so, like you trust. It's not like you trust either offense to take advantage of that. Yes, absolutely. So be great under fifty two and a half for us in Illinois, Purdue, uh, cousin Jared, Boise, and Memphis. I. I I, I I laughed <sighs> internally mm-hmm. when I saw that you had selected for us to pick this game. We picked Memphis last week, got the push on the plus seven. Um, and so maybe that's a sign that your Memphis luck is turning around. You went on record and we went from heartbreaking loss, which you've suffered a lot of heartbreaking loss with Memphis, mm-hmm. to uh last week you you tied that's now we're swinging the right way and maybe now we can get the win long story short on this one memphis minus 160 offers pretty good value to b grade pick a grade price to be minus 148 sideline says it should be minus 188 memphis is the better team and at home i don't think boise state is bad but when you look at what they've done they didn't look that great against the san diego state team who offers nothing special and that was at a, a home game i believe that game was at was that an, oh no, that was a road game, I guess. But yeah. a San Diego State team that we just we aren't that impressed with. They got slaughtered by was by Washington, and Washington looks great. Don't get me wrong, but if if Boise State was well above average, you'd expect them to have hung in there longer than whatever it was, like a, a quarter and a half or, yeah. or whatever before that game was over. Um, they're just a run of the mill team. And Boise State's defense did a masterclass at holding down the UCF offense when they played UCF earlier this year. And Boise State's offense could not do anything to put that game away. And UCF came back and, and won the game. So mm-hmm. it's just nothing seems to be going right for, for Boise And that's, State. I think, the, the curious thing. They got into a higher scoring game with San Diego State. They were in a lower scoring game with UCF. Like, what sort of bizarre yeah. world are we living in here? And I, yeah. I don't know what to make of the totals with Boise State. But I think yeah. what we're seeing is a flawed football team. And all, all teams are flawed. And all teams are yeah. bad, honestly. If, yeah. you, if, you, if you really want to dive into you can find the flaws and holes in every team. But... I look at Boise State, and I, I think you're, you're absolutely spot on there, which is how did you not score a little bit more on a Washington defense who their offense scored so fast, you had tons of chances, right? Um, how did you not hold down San Diego State a little better? How did you not score on UCF a little bit better? They've had their moments, but they've also had their downfalls. They can't quite get it all straight together, and that, again, spells average team. This Memphis team's pretty good at home 
65% likely to win minus 160 a B grade pick. Cousin Jared, again, I just got to start with what made you so confident that you were like, you know what? There's 56 games. We're only going to talk about nine of them, but one of them is going to be Memphis because I feel like the old cousin Jared would have never let that happen. Well, you, you know, you know the old saying, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me 53 times. I, I, I don't know where you go at that point. Um, it, it probably was only like nine, but I still think that was an impressive nine. <laughs> yeah, it was quite the impressive nine. Uh, for me, this like I feel like with Memphis, it's just re- reached the point where I just need to zig when I think they're going to zag, just do the opposite of what I think. Historically, this would have been a spot where I would have been like, there's no way I'm back in Memphis in this spot. Why are they such relatively large favorites against a team like Boise State, who, yes, has their problems, but generally Memphis is just as flawed as Boise State is. Um, But this year, I think it's a little bit different. You look at all the metrics here. Memphis, and I I can't believe this, Memphis uh, allegedly a better defense than Boise State, which – Boise State did play Washington. Uh, I know sideline takes that into account, but still. Their pace is pretty similar. 30, yeah. Uh, number 31 pace for Boise and uh, number 36 for Memphis. I mean, it, it, it's not really that pace differentiated here, which surprises me. Yeah. And so Memphis, better offense, better defense at home. Uh, I mean, when you really slow down and look at the numbers, there's not much to dislike here on top of the fact that I think Memphis has been um, a more consistent team. So far this year, like I said, there's definitely been some spots where uh, Boise State looked good. The first quarter against Washington, they look great, and, and then, then unfortunately, the, the rest of the game. <laughs> and it went down well enough. No, like I said, it went down in a hurry. I mean, it was yeah. like before half, it was already it was already done. I mean, it was yeah, it spiraled quickly for a while. Yeah. So this this is just I, I think. I'm trying to set my emotion aside here and use my brain. And the brain says that Memphis is, is a good play, even at minus 160 at home, better team in all phases. Mm-hmm. I like them. I think if Boise State has taught me anything over the last 12 or 15-ish years, uh, it's that this Boise State team is absolutely going to lose a game to a terrible team. Mm-hmm. At some point in the season, and whenever that happens, we just need to back them the next week because the next week they're going to figure it out. Yeah, um, yeah. because that's what Boise does. Uh, at this point, I don't think it really applies because they won on the road against San Diego State last week. They didn't cover, but they got the road win. So uh, you can't really claim this is a bounce back spot for them. This is a zigzag spot for them because while they didn't cover, they got the road win. So they're not unhappy with that, right? Road conference yeah. wins. We always like unless it's a road conference win against that team in your conference. That's terrible. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you just you're happy and you move on, right? So, um, yep. but I think you're absolutely right. Memphis just looks like this more solid team, the more consistent team. Boise State has one thing going for them, and it's the running back position is where they shine, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. really it. And you would think that would lead to a little bit more consistency, but unfortunately for them, I think that one dimensionality is what allows a team like Washington to really hold yep. them down, a team like UCF to really hold them down. Don't know why San Diego State couldn't, but Memphis is good enough defensively to focus on that and do the same thing. Yeah, and well, and they have an advantage at the running back position. But if you were with us on Dub Club, you noticed that Boise State starting running back was out Friday, last Friday night. We saw the line movement there in Discord. We said, hey, this doesn't really seem to add up. The line movement implies that this guy is worth 5% of a win. That doesn't seem right. Like no running back is worth that much. A lot of people on Discord jumped on the Boise line, and who knows? You got a you got a winner with a money line on Boise State. So anyway, again, just a benefit of being on Dub Club. All right, that'll take us to 7 p.m. Iowa State and Oklahoma. Cousin Jerry, this game specifically, I remember 
we've taken the under in it like the last six years straight, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't remember about last year. Last year is the question mark because Oklahoma's defense was so terrible last year. I don't think we were touching any unders in OU games. I think it was over or pass Mm -hmm. uh, for us. But before that, this was a pretty consistent. I feel like maybe I'm crazy, right? Maybe my memory is leading me wrong. But if, if I remember correctly, been a pretty solid under winner for us. You have a pretty smart coach at Iowa State, with the exception of apparently they don't know when to go for fourth downs. That's a whole. Yeah. I'm still kind of yeah. a little better about that. Yeah. Otherwise, you got a, a, a coach who knows. Um, you know, you can't really run up and down the field with this OU team. They're very talented. They're very good. Number six on offense, number 11 on defense. The model mm. really truly believes they have turned it around on defense. Again, Oklahoma and UCLA are the two teams that I've noticed the sideline has said, even entering last week, maybe even the week before it was like, Hey, take note. These are good yep. defenses here. Iowa state's got a good defense partially by pace. Remember those defensive and offensive ratings there are pace adjusted. You can think of offense almost as expected points per game in a normal, in a normal, against a normal opponent. Defense as expected mm-hmm. points allowed versus a normal opponent. Iowa State's defense, not the 10th best defense in the country. They would allow the 10th fewest points per game on projection because they play so yes, slow, slow, third slowest yeah. in the country. And that pace is exactly what's going to happen here. I, Iowa State knows going to Norman, they are not going to win a game with a ton of possessions in the long run, Oklahoma will out talent them. Yep. I would say couldn't beat Ohio. They're not going to beat Oklahoma unless something weird happens. They have to really minimize the number of possessions to pull the upset under 48 B great pick force model says 45 and a half 48. One of those very key numbers. Cousin Jared, tell us more. The way this loses is the wheels completely come off for Iowa State. And maybe am I thinking about the TCU game last year where Iowa State just played in all of these one-score games throughout conference play? Yes, I think and it was the it, last game of the season. And, and then it was the last game of the season, and like it yes, just the it wheels, wheels came off. They lost 62-14. Six, to 14. Yeah, that is the way that this loses. Um, and I'm pretty sure we had the under in that one and lost it, but we had the under in so many other Iowa State games in yeah. one, so it's okay, right? Yeah, we know yeah. we're not going to win them all. Yeah, so so th- that one's how this is going to lose, yep. but I, I think it's still early enough in the season. I think you know Matt Campbell always has Iowa State ready to go and finds a way to ugly up every game. To your point about Oklahoma having a good defense, I'm wondering how much longer we're going to be able to take the Oklahoma unders because I think we're 2-0 and on them this season. I like the under 48 here. At some point, people are going to wake up and be like, "Probably Brent Venables with a this is this is this is Brent Venables with a uh, a lot of defensive talent, slightly different talent than what Lincoln Riley had there on defense. Being a, a blue, a, being a blue blood school who could recruit anybody yes. in the country. Yes, and a Jeff Levy offense, which while still explosive, I would say probably slightly less efficient." than what it was when Lincoln Riley was there because, I mean, he's he's not Lincoln Riley. Yeah. And, and so, like, I, I think we may only have a small window of time before we just, you know, these opportunities for Oklahoma unders are, are gone. So I say we got to jump on the opportunity while we have it. I think you're absolutely right. And that's part of why Oklahoma's pace ranks them 48th. They actually play fast. 
their explosion part of the pace is why they're only ranked 48th because their offense isn't that explosive. I know that they scored a floppity jillion points against Arkansas state. Yeah. That's Arkansas state, right? You saw what happened in the two teams that they played with a pulse. And that absolutely describes a Jeff Levy offense to a T. And when you go back to his days at Baylor, some of those Baylor offenses that he was had his hands in could absolutely go out there and put up 21 points in a quarter and then could not get going for an entire quarter. They just have these stretches of games where they just fall on their face. And that absolutely is going to be uh, their issue uh, offensively. And I would, I would say probably the same thing when he was at Ole Miss very, you could say very similar things. Yes. And so it's not like it's a bad offense. I'm not trying to say Oklahoma's yeah. a bad offense. I've got to rank number number six here, right? Like it's not that it's a bad offense. It's just it is going to be the, the, the defense is going to have to save them in a few games. They've got the talent to do it. This Oklahoma team, by the way, I, I've got them ranked uh number six, absolutely a national title contender, which is an incredible to say yeah. after last season. Yep, absolutely a title contender, absolutely a playoff contender, absolutely a you know, if we do get um, you know, should should you know a favorite, in my opinion to make the big 12 title game uh, good offense, but again, going to have moments of sputtering and those moments of sputtering are going to last really long. It can seem like Iowa state who's going to say, we've got to, sh- we've got to really uh, limit the number of possessions in this game. So uh, yeah, it's absolutely right. You make it bring up a good point. We always talk about, you should be able to think through how you're going to lose every single bet, because if you don't, you're not thinking hard enough. The way this loses, it's the replay of that, t- of that TCU game. Otherwise, though, under 48 is a pretty strong pick. Not an A grade, but good enough value. That, again, we do think it's worth being on your card this weekend. Which takes us to South Carolina, Tennessee. We've already kind of covered Tennessee earlier in this show. Cousin um, Jared, I'm curious. Do you have a take on Tennessee and their issues this year? Uh, they, they've had some moments where there's some concerns about Tennessee. I don't know if, if you have a, a diagnosis as to maybe what the problem is. Obviously, uh, our friend Jake is uh, a Tennessee aficionado. I feel like if I brought him on and asked this question, he might just go like negative fan mode. So maybe you're a little bit more of a uh, of an unbiased watcher into what's going on with Tennessee this year. Is it just straight down to Joe Milton's just a very mediocre quarterback? And is it is it that simple? I, I no. I, I think um, I think to say that Joe Milton is an inconsistent quarterback would be underselling how good Hinden Hooker was last year. And so, uh, you know, it's not, it's not just like if you put in a consistent quarterback, they'll do well. No, I think there was more to Hinden Hooker than, than just that. I think that offense last year was a mix of a lot of different things, but I think that, you know, Hinden Hooker was better. And I think just the offense had one of those years where they're just locked in, you know, like even if those same guys were back, like how much of that is repeatable and mm-hmm. how much, you know, more tape do these teams have to, to kind mm-hmm. of see what Josh, Josh Heupel's tendencies are and, and all that stuff. So I don't really have too big of a take on, on Tennessee. I would be interested to hear Jake's thoughts. I'm sure he could, he could tell mm-hmm. us plenty of reasons why. Um, but the reason that I'm, you know, we talk, we talk about the offensive inconsistency that's the reason why I like the under 61 and a half in this game, because in my opinion, the odds of both of these offenses showing up is small. This is one where you have seen both of these teams at times, definitely last season with South Carolina and yeah. this season with both teams where it's possible one offense just may get 
off the bus real slow and might not get going until the third quarter. And with a total in the low 60s, you know, you go 10 minutes in a game without a, a score or something or just have a field goal, it's going to be tough. Need, to it's going to be tough. You're going to need some help yeah. to, get, to get there. Yeah, and and don't get me wrong. Tennessee, 100%. Could could do that if they get things going, uh, but for me this is just absolutely. I do not have faith in both of these offenses showing up at the same time. I think one of them is going to struggle, and so give me under in, a, in the sixties. Sixty-one, relatively key number, um, as well. Sixty-two, a little bit more key, probably. I think that's kind of why this only gets a C grade. Yep. Is if yep. sixty-two and a half got a lot more weight. So keep an eye on this number. Uh, especially with two teams with with uh, you know the Spencer Rattler and, and South Carolina hype from last year, um, and with the name of Tennessee, y'all keep an eye on this number. If it gets to sixty two, we like it a little bit more. If it gets sixty two and a half, we like it a little bit more. If it's sixty three, mm-hmm. like it a little bit more. Right now at sixty four, you know it kind of doesn't really do much at that point. You know, but could could definitely jump in value if the number gets higher. But because Jared, I like your point. There's a better chance this game lands in the fifties. If one of these offenses struggles, we've seen it from both of these teams. Here's the other interesting fact about this game. If I look at sidelines ratings, and I don't know what to do with this necessarily, uh, offensive line for Tennessee ranks seventh in run blocking. Running back position ranks fourth. So you've got a good rushing attack. You run the ball. It's going to run a little bit more clock, be a little bit slower, maybe a little bit less explosive. Not that you can't have a big run play, but you're less likely, obviously. Other thing, run defense efficiency for Tennessee, number 33. Pass defense efficiency, number 19. That is, Hmm. I just am shocked that it's that good. I would have never thought that Tennessee would have a defense that grades out that well. They're grade on screen a little bit lower because their pace Yep. is the 22nd fastest in the country. We know they go fast, uh, but that's a pretty decent defense, pretty good pass defense, might be able to slow down Spencer Rattler just enough. And we've seen even this year, Rattler had pretty whole game against North Carolina where he looked fairly human. Yep. Obviously, Georgia is a whole different world, right? Yeah, yep. Georgia made him look foolish in the second half, but that's just, <laughs> I, mean, I take nothing from that. That was no. Georgia, right? Yeah, yeah. And this isn't Georgia's defense. Um, so I'll give him a pass for that. But what I'm a little bit more concerned about is that North Carolina game. And like you said, we saw lots of moments last year. So just need a, a few minutes of these offenses to slow down, run the ball a little bit, um, struggle on offense. And there's just a lot of ways. It does feel like there's going to be a 10-minute stretch where there's a lot of points, but there's going to be another 10-minute stretch or 15-minute stretch where there's not. And right. that's going to be enough to keep this game in the 50s rather than the 60s. But again, keep an eye on yeah. the number. The value of this could get even higher. Yeah. Which takes us to our last game of the day, our, our after dark uh, asterisk kind of game. I'm not really sure it's an after dark game. It starts at 8 p.m. Eastern. It's 6 o'clock local time. The sun will be up for the first quarter. But there are only three games to start after this. But do note, viewer, if you are not with us on Dub Club, you can sign up in the, in the link in the show description. I have an A grade on all three games that start after this. So if you want some late night action, I have three great picks for you. And, and, and I actually kind of think a fourth that might be worth worth your look on those three games later. Uh, but this is our, our de facto after dark game. Uh, Cause Jared, you were arguing, you were pitching it to me. It's a mountain West game mm-hmm. at, at, at that's kind of at night. So it kind of, yeah. it kind of counts as this in its spirit, right? Oh, definitely. And I mean, they're in beautiful Colorado Springs where mm-hmm. you'll have the sun setting over the Rocky beautiful mountains sun. and you'll see, and you'll see Pike's peak in the distance. And so the sun may not be down, but it will be shaded 
from yeah. the vastness that is the Rocky Mountains. So I think this counts as, as yeah. after dark. Sidio <laughs> uh, State, a team we've talked about, just not very impressed at Air Force. Wow, I have been yeah. really impressed with Air Force. They look good. I mean, well, they're awesome. It's almost like I said last week that, you know, we might should dabble in a futures market on Air Force winning the Mountain West. Air, Air Force is going to lose a game this year because where things just don't go right for them because that's yeah, what happens in that behind. offense where things yeah, just, yeah. yeah, and it just like spirals. They have that one yeah. game. And obviously, if you're trying to win the conference, you just have to hope that one game doesn't happen in the conference championship game, right? But yeah, or, or against the, the team that is in second place or whatever. Yeah, that, yeah that's what right. Right. But otherwise, I mean, this offense looks great. They got behind uh, last week to San Jose State and just yeah. stuck with the script and put up like, 31 unanswered points or something like that. I mean, they just look fantastic on offense. And this is a team that only got 13 points on Sam Houston State. Now, and part of that was both of these teams playing slow. I think that was a little bit earlier in the season, a little bit of being on the road, that sort of thing. I mean, there were kind of a lot of reasons off game. I mean, you know, one game isn't going to define you, but you know, you kind of move that aside and this offense looks great. Doesn't grade out well because their pace obviously is very low. One, 26 not dead last like we thought before partially because the explosion part of the pace because they're scoring so quick in some of these games and again again that pace rating is pace and explosion and and they're rising in that ranking because this offense has looked so good i can't say enough good things about it their defense has been solid again model thinks air force by 15.6 here's an a great pick for you on show giving this one out for free air force minus 10 and a half uh cousin jared this feels like a game that air force runs away with down the stretch is up 14 and late in the third quarter, early in the fourth quarter, and then maybe wins by 28. If, if what they've been doing recently is any indication, they have looked so dang good. Yeah. So number one, you want to take every opportunity you can to back America, because that's really what this is. This is America against Sure, San Diego State Aztecs. San Diego is beautiful. I, I will give them that, but this is America. So you all Aztecs know. who are, you know, like I don't know. That's also yeah. kind of America. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, you want to back America, you know, be patriotic. Uh the other thing is that uh I had took the season under wins for San Diego State. So mm. similar with Kentucky. I'm kind of sticking to my guns here. Boise State, we talked about how they've been a little up and down this season. Uh Boise State rushed for 241 yards against San Diego State last week, six yards per rush. If Air, if Air Force does that same thing, uh, San Diego State will have the ball for about 13 minutes in this game, mm-hmm. and Air Force will or the or they will have the ball more because Air Force is scoring so fast. And Air Force is going to put up 50 points. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's one. It's one or the other. Like there's no yeah. other. It's there's no. It's one or the other. <laughs> Yeah, and so this is just, I think Air Force is really good. I'm down on San Diego State. San Diego State's lost three in a row. Like, I I just don't see them turning around in this game after three losses in a row. This is not the team that you want to be playing after three losses in a row because then you're like, oh, God, I've got to prepare myself. They play they play them, uh, you know, every other year or so, something like that. But it's still, like, now I've got to turn around and get ready for this crazy brand of football that Air Force plays. Um, I, I just don't think San Diego State's going to be super excited about it. Game at altitude in Colorado Springs. I just I, I like I like Air Force a lot. I I, I agree with you completely. Um, the fascinating thing to me about this game is you have to peg it, kind of as you're mentioning, almost as a circle the wagons type game for San Diego State. 
after losing three in a row. But when you look deeper into it, those three losses, one of them was UCLA. That's fine. One of them was at Oregon State. That's fine. It's not like their season is over if they lose this game, right? So it's not quite got that same desperation because two of those were non-conference losses. And mm-hmm. then you add on to, like you said, even if it, even if they is the rallying cry in the locker room, that doesn't make it any easier to stop this triple option yep. attack. The way that they have been giving up, they, they gave up 28 points at home to Idaho State. They gave up 13 to Ohio, who didn't have room for half the game. Yeah. Yeah. And Ohio hasn't looked good on offense at all. Ohio's no, defense no. actually has looked better. No. They do not look like the old San Diego State. And the old no. San Diego State defense still could be susceptible to this triple option because everyone yeah. can be susceptible yeah. to it. And, and, and this and is not that defense. San Diego State is not going to score 31 points either. You know, we talked about the Boise State and Memphis earlier. This Air Force defense is much better than the Boise State defense has been so far this season. Again, caveat that Boise State has played Washington, but still, yeah. just I, I I just I just don't see very many good things for San Diego State in this game. I, yeah, I don't either. I'm curious if you have a thought on what is it just me or has the Mountain West gotten bizarro here? We've got Boise State mm-hmm. who defensive minded head coach who's relied on that defense the last couple of years. Boise State's defense has gotten questionable. San Diego State defensive coach, you know, has really been questionable this year. It's like things are shifting around in weird ways in that conference. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. Is it like the Pac-12 weirdness is like shifting down to them for, for some reason? Yeah, and and Fresno State after losing Hainer, like not missing a beat and, and mm, being just, just as good. Teams. Yeah, uh, Nevada's being better than they were having, last year. Having sure. a pulse. No? Yeah. yeah. Um, Utah State just falling off cliff. Uh, Utah State, a team that's usually well coached and, yeah. you know, it's right around six wins. It seems like, you know, a team yeah. that takes care of business in the non-conference, wins a couple of games with a tough home crowd, that sort of thing, yeah. looking just terrible. Yeah. yeah it's like yeah. every like up is down and down is up in the Mountain West. And like yeah. nothing yeah. makes sense about the conference. Nope. Um, yeah. That's why it's beautiful. It is. It's a lot of fun, obviously, for staying up late and watching those. And and, and the, the Pac-12, how good the Pac-12 has been. Yeah. Uh, I'd be yeah. Nice if we didn't mention that. Yeah. We fun talk about yeah, fun watching all the show, but fun watching the Pac-12 for different reasons than the fun watching the Mountain West. Yes, very different reasons. Oh, uh, we didn't even mention for, Wyoming. Wyoming, who beat Wyoming and beat Arkansas State. So, or sorry, not Arkansas yeah. State, App State. Yeah, App State. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, co- and got the cover for us against Texas. Um, but anyway, again, all of the other picks, not only on Dub Club, but will be covered on Wednesday night's taping of Study Hall, which is available to members of dub clubs. If you want to hear our thoughts on every other game, uh, we'll go through, discuss pace, total sides, anything of interest. Uh, Cousin Dread last study hall was three hours, just under three hours. Just under so three hours. Yeah. Obviously you can break that into multiple viewings, but again, if you want some good in-depth college football information, dub club is the place to be, to get access to that and watch that over however many sittings you have yeah. to, to yeah. get your college football fill for the weekend that sign up links in the show description otherwise uh because that is all we've got for the people here on the free picks week five show uh do you have any parting words 
it's not last weekend, but still going to be a great weekend of, of college football. It's just these games where you, th- you know, the weeks where you think you're having the little come off the high from all the big games and somehow another crazy upset seems to happen. So yeah, it may not be, have the same uh, star power as last weekend, but going to be a good weekend. I'm sure. Yeah, well, very well said. All right. And then I'll let the outro music then take us out.